0: You know, the song we just sang, it is well with my soul. You know what your soul is. You remember, most of you should know your mind, will, and emotions. You know, that's the one part that this world and this body can affect. It's continually pushing things towards you. It's shaking that soul, that mind, will, and emotion. Who you are in Christ never changes because he never changes. That is why... A soul is like a ship. And I said this last week, I read the verse for you, that we are anchored. The soul is to be anchored to him. A ship is only as stable as the thing it's anchored to. It's only as stable as the thing it's tied to. And if our souls are not tied to his presence, they're not tied to his life, then they're completely shakeable, completely movable. And there's all manner of things. The enemy is constantly bringing things against us to move our soul. Because the key to the Christian life is faith and by faith constancy in truth. Living in the truth. That's what I mean. You see, Jesus never changes. The, the person of God never changes. Everything that he was to you and, and has been to you from the day you received him as a new creation when you were resurrected with him, everything that he was to you and is to you, he is now. And here's the thing, you know, the enemy wants to convince us that when our behavior is aligns perfectly with him, that God is more receptive of us. But when when it's off-center and it's not what it should be, God is kind of keeping away from us or kind of standoffish with us. And that's totally untrue. There's a safe place for you. And you know where that is? It's in the presence of God. It's where your soul is to be anchored. Yes, you sin. Yes, you mess up. Yes, you fail. But he's taken every failure, every sin, everything that you do that does not honor him. He's already taken to the cross. Take your eyes off of it. Put your eyes on him who you're anchored to. And allow that soul to be stabilized. Immovable. That's going to be so nice. When we get to heaven... We're going to be standing in the presence of the immutable, unchangeable God whose love for us is as it's always been, whose desire for us is as it's always been. You think He loves someone more than He loves you? Well, you're carrying the life of Him who He loves most and best, His own Son, whom He gave for you. There is no one He loves more. We are dearly loved. By the unchangeable God. I like that. I like stepping into the presence and knowing, regardless of where my soul's at, he's the, he's the same today, yesterday, and forever. Regardless of what I'm feeling, regardless of the fears I may be carrying, regardless of the anxiety, the, the, you know, the, the failures of my life, I can step into His presence, I can recognize His presence with me, and He's the same. It's a beautiful thing. We're going to come out of the ever-changing weather of Texas into the never-changing fullness of God. Now, today we're going to be looking at James again. James chapter 1, we started that last week. Today we'll be looking at verses 5 through 8. And last week we did an introduction of the book of James and looked at verses 1 through 4. And James, as most of you know, we believe was the half-brother of Jesus and the well-studied Jewish man who had an in-depth understanding of the Old Testament. And the book of James was written to all believing Jews who had been scattered throughout the Roman Empire during the persecution. And this persecution arose after the stoning of Stephen. It was at that time Saul had begun to imprison and kill everyone who followed Christ. And if you add the persecution that Saul was inflicting upon them and the Jewish leaders seeking to imprison them, and you add the hate of the Romans for the Jews in general, you can see why these people were always on the run. It would seem that they had no safe place to go. It seemed that not only had the pagans rejected them, their own people rejected them. So they were constantly running, and it's just a matter of time. Wherever they went, they would eventually fall into some sort of persecution. Now in verses 2 and 4, James is writing to a people who have been displaced and have suffered the loss of their homes and their country. Some had lost loved ones due to martyrdom and prison, and most had lost their possessions. And these Jewish believers moved from place to place after being pushed and pushed and pushed. So change was a constant. Destabilization of circumstance was a constant. The lack of safety. The threats were ever changing. James encourages them to a place of stability. Now here's the thing that we've been learning. We should have learned long ago. That all of the attributes of Christ. Everything that Christ has said that he is to us. We can know in part. We can know in vignettes circumstances, things that happen. God is faithful. I know he's faithful because last year I lost my job and he gave me another job. God is my healer. I know he's my healer because I've been sick two or three times and he's healed me. God is my protection. Oh, I know he's my protection. You know, I almost got mugged one time and, and uh, they were run off by policemen. God's my protection. Or, oh, I was driving down I-10 and some gravel truck almost run me off the road, but God was my protection. I know God's my protection. And we attach those little vignettes to God and we live in and out of the truth of his protection. And so we, we run into difficulties and we say, Oh God, I need you to be my protection again. Well, that's not the way God intended us to live. When God gave you his life... Christ gave you his life and made you a new creation. He equipped you to live in the unchanging presence of God. That means that protection is with you. Peace is with you. Joy is with you. Truth is with you. Everything that God has promised to be to you is with you. Now, the reason we don't think that all the time, the reason we have trouble grasping that emotionally is because our soul is constantly being pushed back and forth with all of the change of events and circumstances and even the changes in our our physical being. But you know what? I say this, and Paul says it all the time, and it's all through this book right here. We live this life by what? Faith. Faith. Now faith says, life may come against me, trials may come against me, things may push me this way and that, but my position, who I am in Christ, what he has made me to be, the security I have in him, the peace I have in him, the joy I have in him, the protection I have in him, everything that he is to me, he never changes. That's what faith says. So we no longer enter into circumstances and say, oh Lord, be my peace. No, we say, thank you, Father, in the midst of this, you are my peace. We no longer say, Lord, I'm in a terrible place, I need your protection. No, we say, thank you, Father, you're protecting me right now. And we walk this life in faith and we embrace the constancy of who our God is. Because we have his life. Not intermittently, but constantly. So, what's going on here? We've got these Jewish people being moved place to place, leaving persecution only to arrive in persecution. And they are the dispersed people without a home and without a country. So, the Spirit of God, through the pen of James, calls them to endure. To look at trials from a supernatural A supernatural spiritual perspective. That's the only way you can see this. Because he tells them to count it all joy. To evaluate their circumstances as God allowed for their eternal good. This is how we live as a spiritual people. We don't live by the seen. We live by the unseen. We don't live by the temporal. We live by faith in the spiritual. And he commands them to consider trials to be nothing but joy. Then in verse 3, James writes that trials, the trials of life, will prove our faith. Now, again, this is referencing a life of faith. It's not referencing intermittent faith. Intermittent faith will not stick. Has that been your experience? Intermittent faith doesn't stick. It will always leave you relearning your trust in God, relearning your, your faith in God, your ability to believe in God over and over again with each new trial. However, a steadfast determination to live by faith is establishing for us, in us, experientially, that God is faithful and therefore teaches us to endure. So here's the way it works. We can live in confidence of the faith that we have. Why? Because I don't just live it when I come across something I can't handle. That's not when I just run to God. You know, Father, I've tried everything in the world, so Lord, I'm just asking you. That's not faith. That's resignation that nobody but God can change it. You know he's real impressed with that. No. Faith is, you know what? Father, I'm laying my head down tonight and I know that I only have life because your son indwells me. Your spirit is upon me. I know that I am now in your presence. I am grateful, Father, that I am living in your life and I lay my body down to rest in your presence. And Father, I get up in the morning and I say, thank you, Father. You're welcome in this place. I know that all that concerns me in this day, you will be there with me and it will be for my good. And I am blessed. There's not a step I take that you don't empower. There's not a breath that I take in that you haven't given me. There's not a heartbeat that is not filled with purpose. I am grateful, Father, to be your child. That's we live by faith. We are conscious of his presence. We don't just happen to bring it up occasionally when we're at church or around church people. We start talking, you know, Christian speak. No. It's who we are. It's how we live. It's the truth of us. And if you want the truth of you to be forefront in your soul and in your thinking, you just keep reinforcing it, declaring it. That song we just sang, It is well with my soul. You know what? You need to declare that. He's talking to his soul. Now his soul may not be okay with the storms of life. His soul may not be okay with the things that are coming against him. His soul may not be okay with losing everything. But he can declare before the Lord that his soul is held safe in the hands of God. That he is anchored to the Son of God. That nothing will move his soul apart from God himself. We are taught. That no matter what comes our way, we can depend on God. But depending on God is not like the lone ranger riding in to rescue us. Depending on God is to know he's with us. We are taught that we can endure in the knowledge that God is sovereign in all of our living and also in our trials. Verse 4 tells us that this is a practiced faith that will produce endurance or perseverance, that we are to allow endurance to have its perfect work so that we may be lacking in nothing. Now, let me get that for you. It says, so that we may know through experience that we have been perfected in faith and that we are lacking in nothing spiritually. Do you have Christ as your life? Is Christ your life? Is Christ lacking in anything? You are lacking in nothing because everything that you've been promised by God in Christ Jesus is already yours. It's already yours. So that you may know experientially that you have been perfected in faith and that you're lacking nothing. Or as Paul prayed for the Ephesian believers, he prays so that you may be fully Capable of comprehending with all the saints, God's people, the width and length and height and depth of his love. Fully experiencing that amazing endless love. And that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ. Which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, which is basically religion. That you may be filled throughout your being to all the fullness of God. So that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your life. Completely filled and flooded with God himself. Does that sound like you're lacking of anything? Does it? It sounds like you have the capacity to know the fullness of God now. That's what Paul's praying for. We live this life by faith. And a life that is lived on this earth by faith is a life that is supernaturally endured and has come to know experientially the great love and faithfulness of our God through the many trials until the end of our days. This is a life that is fully explored the wondrous perfections of Christ's life within and the abundance of it. Now, this begins to bring us into our, to our text, which is going to be verses 5 through 8. James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. If any of you lacks wisdom to guide him through a decision or circumstance, he is to ask our benevolent God, who gives to everyone generously without rebuke or blame, and it will be given to him. But he must ask for wisdom in faith without doubting God's willingness to help. For the one who doubts is like a billowing surge of the sea that is blown about and tossed by the wind. For such a person ought not think or expect that he will receive anything at all from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable and restless in all his ways." In everything he thinks, feels, or decides. If any of you lacks wisdom, verse 1, to guide him through a decision or circumstance, he is to ask our benevolent God who gives to everyone generously and without rebuke or blame, and it will be given him. Now, the Spirit of God, through the pen of James, is pointing to wisdom as a key to the believer's endurance. The Christian's need for wisdom is likened to his need to be continually filled with the Spirit, Ephesians 5.18. Because the Spirit of God is the Spirit of wisdom. That's our source, the Spirit of God. And in order to yield our souls to what our spirits already possess that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17 we must submit our will in obedience to his now the word for lax is the greek word lepo and it means to leave behind forsake or to be left behind to be wanting And the word for wisdom is that beautiful lady's name, Sophia. And in this context, he refers to the counsel of God that only a believer may know. So if the child of God has submitted his soul to the Spirit of God, he will be walking by the Spirit. Now, you know, Paul tells us over and over again, there are only two ways to walk, right? You walk by the Spirit if you're a child of God. That's the only way you can walk, by the Spirit. That means that you are completely yielded to your new creation being to the Spirit of God within you. And you are walking with the power in literally animated by the Spirit of God. And he says, this is the way the child of God is to live. Literally dependent and animated by the Spirit of God and living in obedience to the Spirit of God. That's the way the child of God is to live. Or, you live according to the flesh. Now, according to the flesh indicates that 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 is not your true identity, but you're living as though it is. Before you were saved... It was. But after you were saved, it is no longer. The flesh is a suit that you wear. But unfortunately, because we are surrounded with people walking around in these suits, we tend to believe that's who we are. The enemy wants us to believe that's who we are. The world wants us to believe that's who we are. The media wants us to believe that's who we are. But if we're going to walk in victory, if we're going to walk in truth, we must walk by the Spirit. And the Spirit is the Spirit of wisdom. Galatians 5.25 If we claim to live by the Holy Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit with personal integrity, godly character, and moral courage. Our conduct, what? Empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's the way we're to live. There are no options other than living according to the flesh. And you know what that is? Carnal for the Christian. That's just carnal. It's you living as though you don't have the Spirit of God in you. It's you ignoring the truth of who you are and living as though you are lost. Now, in the context of wisdom... Wisdom in this place is the supernatural. It is the counsel of God himself. It is God's mind being imparted through the Spirit of God to your life. In order to live in the counsel of the Lord, you must be yielded to the Spirit of God. You must be hearing his word. You must be seeking his word. Now, we can ignore it. And this is what James is saying. You know what? If you're lacking in the Spirit of God, you need to appropriate the truth and listen to the Spirit of God. Ask God. You need to ask Him. And He gives generously. He gives generously without finding fault. There's one thing that I'll talk about this again later, but there's one thing that God's not going to withhold from you, and that is the Spirit's guidance. If you're his child, you're a sheep in need of a shepherd, and he is your shepherd. He's not going to resign that position. So you wake up one day and you say, you know what? I need to start watching the shepherd. I need to start listening to the shepherd. Did he ever go away? No. He never went away. But it reminds me, I use this illustration a lot. Little kids going to the grocery store. They get their eyes off mom, and they start looking around or playing with a toy or whatever. And then suddenly it hits their radar that mom's not near them. And they suddenly panic, depending on the personality. And they run, trying to find mom in a panic. Well, sheep. Same kind of thing. He's got his head down. He's just kind of chewing along. And he needs a shepherd. Now the difference is that our shepherd isn't going to walk over to the other aisle. He's got his eye upon you. He's not going to neglect you in any way. In fact, he is going to be looking straight at you. And the moment that you are inclined to hear his guidance, to know his instruction, wisdom, you'll receive it. Now what does that mean to you? It means you've got it. Receive it. Walk in it. See, here's the thing. We want to separate God from his attributes. So how do I do that? How do we do that? We continually ask God for what he's already given us. Lord, I need your wisdom. How about, Lord, I need to operate in your wisdom. Lord, I need to recognize your wisdom. Lord, I need to walk in obedience to your wisdom. Not, Lord, could you give me a special wisdom package today. Because we're not going to separate God from who he is. And you know who God is? He is wisdom.
1: Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas 78006.